I don't know. I always like love the idea of obviously like what kid doesn't fly, you know, and skateboarding is an opportunity to really fly for a few seconds. I saw a beaver documentary recently. Best damn movie I've ever seen. Welcome to the Part of the Noise podcast. I'm Scotty Hughes. Today's guest, pro skateboarder Beaver Fleming. You might recognize him from the world-famous Nitro Circus or as the architect of the insane Tennessee Tornado Skate Trick. He also has a YouTube channel featuring his Motivational Monday series. I'm privileged to have him on the show today. I hope you enjoy this conversation. here with me today the world famous beaver fleming you how's it going doing good man how are you awesome doing amazing stoked and honored to be out here well thank you man well uh you are what they know what's known in the industry as the motivational motivational skateboarder um you i see you kind of on your youtube channel (laughs) rocking it yeah motivational monday motivational monday man that's the thing yeah how long you been doing that uh, I started it, I think, a little bit over a year ago, and then this year I was like, you know what, I'm just going to commit. Like, it was kind of hit or miss, but I was like, I'm just committing to it. 52 videos, so I'm hitting them hard this year. I was like, no matter what, where I'm at, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and it started in a really cool way, you know. We were just, um, I was actually down in Australia at a contest, and one of my friends was like, struggling a little bit. And was like, you're so inspiring. Like you should do videos and help people out. Cause I really helped her overcome. Uh, she was one of the top female skateboarders out there and kind of helped her get out of her own way in the contest scene and just didn't remember to enjoy it. And she's like, yeah, you should just start doing those. And it kind of challenged me cause I'd kind of thought about it, but like, that was kind of like the confirmation of like, all right, well, let's start these things and see where they go. And just the fruit from it has been so incredible. Just seeing what people are saying and how it's really helped people in a powerful way, just make changes in their lives. So you get a lot of feedback? You get quite a bit of feedback, yeah, which is amazing. So, yeah, just trying to be more intentional on it this year. I need to get back solid on it. It's kind of, I always make the excuses when I'm traveling. It's difficult, things like that. But yeah. thankfully, haven't missed a week, and we're already in May, so starting out strong. If you didn't hear, that was the uh, the race cars going down the road there, so pardon the noise. <laughs> That's it. We're at the speed <clears throat> track. Yeah, well, the, sh- the, ep- the show is called Part of the Noise, ah. uh, and, and that was one of my one of the lame excuses that I had um, was that I was like, I don't got a good place to to do the podcast, so mm-hmm. I was like, there's always a dishwasher going, a, a, a dryer, my wife shuffling around in the background, yeah, and um, and I was like, what if I called it Part of the Noise, and it was kind of like a double entendre? That's perfect. Yeah, I love that. So- yeah. <laughs> And you're just start. It's raw. It's real. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So I was like, I just, you know, if you, if you let the excuses just uh, continue, you'll all, you'll always have an excuse, and you'll always have a reason to not do something. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes you just you got to do it. Yeah. Despite the excuses, and it might yeah. not be perfect. It might not be everything that you know. I'm like, well. Would the professionals do it this way? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but if you don't start, you'll never get there. You'll never, yeah, exactly. You'll never get no, there. That's amazing. Ten, 
That's when you got the skating bug. Yeah, absolutely. How did that help in? Tell me about it. (laughs) So I grew up in uh, Tennessee, and it's not as popular. We're here in Southern California now where every kid's skating down the street to the beach or whatever. Uh, But in Tennessee, it wasn't a thing at all. So I didn't even know what skating was till my brother, he had the Tony Hawk video game. And he'd never let me play it. He was a little bit older. You know, he's the big brother. Now you can't play, but he'd let me watch him. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But then I remembered he got a board for Christmas one year and was like, man, I wonder if like actually skating's as cool as watching him play this video game. And then <laughs> dusted it out of the garage and uh, took it in the driveway and basically been <clears throat> on the board ever since. So that's where it started right then. From the video game. It's kind of like um, people with Guitar Hero. Yeah. You're slapping a bass, and yep. then you're like, why don't I actually pick up a real guitar? Right, yeah. Some people never make the leap, though. They just, <laughs> they're like, I can shred on yeah. Guitar Hero. <laughs> so how many brothers and sisters? Uh, just one older brother, yeah. So right. he's three years older than me and took a different path. He's actually an aerospace engineer, so just <clears throat> super brilliant dude. Uh, you know, it's amazing, just like kind of the contrast in us. Like, I kind of <laughs> took the renegade skate you know like didn't really always fit in kind of rebellious route and then he took like the all right rocket science genius this is why this works jet propulsion all this stuff i could never even think about yeah so it's amazing wow that is (laughs) two totally totally different paths now was it just um was it just the three of you uh, just me and him, yeah. Yeah, well, I and mean, then, and your mom? And my mom and dad. Yeah. And your mom and dad. Yeah, okay. mom and dad. So I had a great family, um, which was amazing. Uh, they really supported me in what I was doing, which was huge. My dad ended up taking another job to support me moving out here. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, they all, they all believed in it. Once they saw I was serious about it, basically when I started skating, um, I was playing soccer and a couple other things at the time. And I remember we had, I'll never forget it, like we went on this... Um, trip to go play soccer somewhere my dad wouldn't let me take my skateboard he's like you're there to play soccer play soccer and i get there and we're at the hotel and there's an empty swimming pool i don't even know if it was skatable but i was like i don't have my board what the heck and then like i finished out that game and was like i'm done like i just want to skate like uh, everything else doesn't matter i just want to focus on skating and then once they saw i was like that serious about it and skating literally every day my mom would have to ring we were old school she had a dinner bell so i'd be out skating in the backyard and she'd ring that thing and uh call me back up because i'd be out there just skating for hours on end so you built a ramp or something yeah so i mean like once they saw i was serious they built a eight foot half pipe they hired some guys to come out and build that because my dad didn't know how to do it so he's like all right well, let's get these dudes out so yeah, it was it was amazing having that, and it was funny because I was like the only kid, like all my friends and like everything would come over, and they were all terrified of it. So yeah. I was like the only one really skating it. But I know we were watching yeah. some videos, and my wife was gasping. I was like, <laughs> "What do you look?" She's like, "Look at this ramp that Beaver's about to go down." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." My my, I I dropped on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So then you came out here when you were 17 yeah in southern california yep that's kind of like how how did you know that this is where you needed to be um the skate industry has really been based out of southern california since it really started you know it started from surfers uh taking rollerblade roller skates and putting them on a two by four like that's how skating started 
And uh, obviously it was out here where the surf culture, uh, surf culture was. That's where the skate culture began. And it's just kind of progressed here. And all the companies and the industries all based out here, even in San Diego. So I knew I had to get out here at some point. Didn't know how or where. Um, but I would go to an action sports camp. They have one in Pennsylvania and they have one out here in Tehachapi, California. And when I went there one summer, uh, they said they were starting up a school program. And it was my senior year of high school. I was like, man, that would be incredible. And like, I knew I was kind of at the point where I was competing nationally and doing mm. pretty well. And like some of the bigger contests, like placing in the amateur series in good spots and was like, man, like really could make this happen if I'm in that environment. And so yeah, really kind of just talked with my parents and was like, once they knew I was serious, like I said, my dad ended up taking a job that literally um, him and my mom at the time, my brother was in college. so. Him and my mom moved to Oklahoma for it, but like the exact number more that he got was uh, what paid for me to go to school there. Wow. So, yeah, and that was at that action sports camp. So did that my senior year of high school and just really trained and progressed. And um, that's actually too, leading on to another story. Um, as I was getting ready to graduate, I was kind of like, all right, well, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna go back to Tennessee or Oklahoma with my parents? And um, was really kind of like up in the air, but then Travis Pastrana ended up coming to the camp one weekend and he uh, saw me skating. We started chatting and invited me to be a part of the Nitro Circus crew. So hmm. two weeks after I graduated, I was on a plane to Australia for my first tour with them. So Wow. So yeah. you, how old were that you were 18? I turned eight. The day I flew to Australia, I was my 18th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. That's crazy. Man. That's like some orchestrating of events right there. Yeah. Behind the scenes that if you, the right place at the right time. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's not like you could plan that. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not like you said, I'm going to call Travis's people. Yeah. And make sure they're there. Right. To, to see this happen. No, it just it's all just, happened. Yeah. It was crazy. Like just randomly because his wife's a pro skateboarder. And so she was going up there to train. He was doing a race somewhere close to there. And so they just came to hang out for like two days and just so happened to be there and yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> it's a nitro circus. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Uh huh. Beaver is it a nickname or is it real? It's a nickname. It's a nickname. It is a nickname. Yep. Now, will you reveal? The <laughs> we actually did a video on it with my dad. He, because uh, him and my mom um, were the ones that started calling me Beaver. Obviously, uh, the TV show Leave It to Beaver. Mm. So when I was younger, they said things would just happen, like leave it to be, and it would always be, I would be that kid, you know, that things like everyone could be hitting a baseball, but I'd be the one and it would hit something and just knock everything over or something like that. I was that kid. Um, so yeah, Beaver just ended up sticking and then my friends would get in trouble um, because they'd always call me that. But then at school, they would still call me that and then ended up getting in trouble. But like, it was super funny because my parents had to go and explain to like my teachers why they were calling me Beaver. So it, it was really, it was well, kind of crazy. Was this like a, a, a private school or? No, just public school. Public school. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, why are you calling, calling him this? Beaver? Yeah. And they wanted to know why? Yeah. It, well, Tennessee, man, it's so small town and like by the book. And if you're, uh, you know, so it's like, that was where even skateboarding, it was like, total just counterculture to what was going on back there like if you didn't play football and baseball like what were you doing so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i couldn't imagine that yeah i grew up in you know i'm from detroit mm -hmm. and so i grew up on eight mile that's oh my, there you that's go my claim to fame <laughs> i always tell people that if i 
I would have, I, if my, my timings are right, I would have went to high school with Eminem uh, in Warren, because we, we both lived in Warren, but I think uh, I moved further along down 8 Mile mm-hmm. to a town called Southfield, which is kind of like on the north border of Detroit. Oh, wow. Um, so it's funny, I was just like childhood nicknames are going through my head. I'm like, man, I was, uh, my last name is Husro. And so there was some group of kids, they would call me, who's the hoe? <laughs> they oh, like, man. who's the hoe? Get over here. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> my, my name's not who's the hoe. <laughs> no, so it's funny because I, I kind of, I grew up, um, and, and uh, you know, skateboarding was not in the cards at all in my neighborhood. Right. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was, you, it was your typical sports. It was right. basketball mm-hmm. and football. And it's like, that's what we played, backyard basketball and football and baseball, too, and that yeah. kind of thing. And, but everybody, because, you know, my high school was mostly black. Mm-hmm. And so, growing up, I kind of, I, you know... I actually I tell I tell people well I don't tell them often but I, there was a point where it's like I actually wanted to be black. Wow. <laughs> and um and it it was kind of a stupid reason but I was like the black kids they can wear hats on the way to school and then they just kind of pick out the hair a little and they you know because we weren't allowed to wear hats at school uh-huh. and I was like but I can't wear a hat to school because then it'll mess up my hair for the whole day. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was why, that was the reason that was the reason why wow. I wanted to be black. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So now you're you're here, you're in San Diego. Yeah. You're part of Nitro Circus. Is more of it's more of like a show. It's not yeah. competition. Right? right. It's a show. Yeah. And then but you're still you still compete? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Still competing. Um doing yeah, this year, uh getting back into the contest scene, missed out a lot last year for injury, but we're back on the horse now. So um actually at the end of the month heading to China for X Games, so yeah, nice. getting back at it. Now, have you competed in X Games before? Um, I haven't, or I did, I was an alternate um, two years ago, then last year missed out to injury, um, did X Games Sydney last year and just barely missed the finals, so this will be, but I was still like just coming off the injury, so now yeah. I'm feeling strong, feeling good, so I'm excited to see what goes down out there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what is your specialty? Um, so competing, it's more of the big ramp stuff. So we do the mega ramp and then like the vert half pipes and then like park, like bowls and stuff like that. Don't do too much of the street skating anymore. No. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. the bigger stuff is what I enjoy just trying to see. Cause I feel like that's like really seeing what's new and what hasn't been done. And you're able to push the limits a bit more on that. Not that you can't get more technical, but I'm more about the big kind of go chuck yourself, throw it out there and see what happens. Is it just that when, as you were progressing, you just kind of would go bigger and bigger and bigger? Or like, did, was there one day where you're just kind of like, what was the craziest jump that you did the first time? <laughs> uh, the first time it was funny. Like I had honestly never really hit like a full size mega ramp before I went on that t- trip to Australia for the first Nitro Circus Tour. So that was like the first time. And I didn't realize like the guys that were skating it and stuff had different had a different board set up that was a little bit bigger and a little bit more stable. So I was just kind of on my normal, normal board. And, uh, <laughs> I ended up getting the speed bobbles at the bottom and barely made it over the gap. My first jump, I think the footage is out there somewhere, but it's hilarious. And then, um, Travis's wife, um, who was on the tour, Lindsay, she was like, 
dude, what the heck are you doing? Like you need this. And so she like built me up a new board that worked and um, was able to get back and figure it out after that point. But it was just weird not knowing, you know, just kind of like sending it in different ways into the foam pits and things like that. And then like, oh shoot, I need to, like you don't ever think about like you need different equipment. You think, oh, you just need a skateboard. But like there's so much more that goes into it. But yeah, yeah it was, I don't know. I always like, love the idea of obviously like what kid doesn't flying you know and skateboarding is an opportunity to really fly for a few seconds and the bigger that the bigger ramps that you hit the more time in the air you have so that's why i was like the half pipes because it seemed like you were flying and then you'd land and then you'd come right back up and it was really like you're just going in this motion of just different steps of flying and doing different tricks and things like that and so once you get into the big ramps you've really got time up there and so it just there's this point where it's like you're not going up and you're not going down and literally it's almost like time stops for a second like you know that moment even though it lasts for maybe a millisecond if that you just feel that feeling and there's just there's nothing like it it's crazy <laughs> yeah how I'll, I'll trust you <laughs> yeah i'll trust you <laughs> on skydiving Mm-hmm. I've gone uh, bungee jumping, um, but yeah, I, it's still th- those to me they're they're safe because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a like you know what I mean you know you're gonna the full weight of landing is not relying fully on myself right where skateboarding I'm just like I'm scared to just get on a skateboard sometimes just <laughs> rolling around you know on the street yeah uh, I'm like what if that thing flies out from behind me <laughs> my hip. so would you say are you an adrenaline junkie uh i don't necessarily know if i would say that i don't i don't know how to describe it because i mean obviously what we do does you know pump up the adrenaline and stuff but i think for me it's just more about just i think you get into that state where you're not thinking about it you can't think about anything else especially on those big ramps. Like you can't think about what you have to do later, what happened this morning. Like there's literally like, once you're in, you're in. Like once you're going down the ramp, you're committed. And all you're thinking about is the next thing, going down, going through the transition, taking off, landing. Like that's all you're thinking about in that time. And it just puts you in that present moment. I think that's what more than anything I'm looking for and through skating I've been able to find that in different activities and just try and be more present in the day-to-day tasks that you wouldn't think you know it's so easy to get distracted and we have a million thoughts in our head at every second but can we really just you know be intentional and focus on what we're doing at hand yeah and there's just kind of a peace and a freedom in that nice nice so earlier you said uh you kind of went more the rebellious route <laughs> yeah how far was the rebellion in your life (laughs) it really wasn't bad um honestly like skateboarding actually kept me kind of grounded because from a young like once like i said once i started and knew i didn't want to do soccer i didn't want to do baseball football any of that Mm -hmm. i was just so committed to skating and i knew how much of a long shot it would be for that dream to move to california to become a pro skater and so when i was transitioning into high school like all my, there was like maybe four or five kids that I would skate with. Like that's how, and that was the only kids that skated really in the town. Like yeah. it wasn't popular. There was maybe 20 max that would ever be at the skate park in a total year. Like there was never like here where you, it's just, it's crazy how it was. Um, but it kept me grounded because like those friends, obviously when we're getting to high school, there's distractions, you know, partying, things like that. And I was like, man, I don't want to let something like that 
hinder me from being able to achieve what I know is possible. I just knew it was possible, but I knew it was going to take that dedication to stay focused on that goal and really committed to those dreams. And that's where it really kept me grounded to be like, all right, if I want to do this, I can't go do these things on a Friday night and yeah. risk getting in trouble, risk this happening. Because my parents supported me. And that was kind of my dad's deal with me. Um, and my brother as well. He's like, look, if you guys stay focused and are really committed to it, I'll support you, whatever. And it was just such a blessing to have a dad like that, that had, you know, we, we had a, he had a good job and was able to provide for us, but he was able to go beyond that and say, if you guys want to push yourself and really go for something, I'll support it a hundred percent as long as you show you're focused on it. Hmm. And so that kind of was a driver for me. And, uh, I just knew, yeah, like I said, like, so the rebellious part for me was skateboarding. You know, I would just go out and skate. And uh, it's funny, there's now a sign at the church that I grew up in because of me and my friends that says no skateboarding because some of the older people didn't like it. They thought we were crazy. They thought we were young. But unfortunately, it turned some of my friends to going to quit going to church, uh, you know, so that was kind of sad. But um, so that was like kind of the rebellious thing. But honestly, that even kind of helps me nowadays because I don't dress necessarily like the typical skater. I don't like do the same tricks as the typical skater. Like I'm kind of pushing myself in a different way, but I think it's from being kind of rebellious and loving skateboarding back in a town that didn't understand it to now Mm -hmm. like in the skate culture, you know, people are like normally like, why, what's, why do you do those tricks? Like, why do you do these different things? Why are you smiling so much? You know, like people don't really like, for skating because it's kind of one of those sports that like you didn't necessarily fit into other sports so you got into skating because it's on your own and you're by yourself and you can do it however you want um so like people kind of took that mentality but they're kind of like not enjoying the most of it but for me like anytime i'm on a board i recognize that that's a blessing in itself and so i can't help but be happy and skateboarding has in the past had kind of that negative connotation like you know with people that skate are just doing other stuff it's not good like there's just like kind of a darkness surrounding it yeah but at the other side of it i mean now it's in the olympics and it's just an amazing opportunity to do great things and i always loved the idea of being an athlete you know i always looked up to like great athletes and stuff and skateboarding really is kind of you have to take that athleticism if you want to take it to that next level and so like even in the skate world there's really not people doing that you know really training and diligent and eating well and being like like on it with nutrition and just recovery and things like that which i'm taking initiative in and there's really not others doing it so it kind of has been from that rebellious spirit in the back in the day that wasn't too reckless it was just wanting to see what's possible and push the limits and then now it's like kind of the same thing like all right well if i want to continue to do this and have longevity in my career i need to take care of myself and Hmm. honor my body so it's cool that it's like two different cycles of it but even in the skate culture it's still there's always something different. And I think that's what I love most about skating. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You can do it however you want and you can dress however you want. You can listen to whatever you want to listen to. It's just like, boom, be who you want to be. Snap your fingers, yeah. do your step. Yeah, you do exactly. it all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, a quick question. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll do it. So when I see X Games on TV and stuff like that, yeah. it's like always sponsored by like Monster. Yeah. Are, are they really drinking Monster before doing like... <laughs> Are they just holding the can? <laughs> some of them do. Some really? of them actually do. Some of a lot of them don't. Um, but that's one of the things like with me, like energy drinks are all over it. You know, you see like every guy's got the energy drink stuff. But for me, I've had like a couple offers with it. But I'm like, at the end of the day, that's not my core values. Yeah. You know, so like I don't drink that stuff. Yeah. 
I know, I mean, like, it's, it's just straight sugar. And unfortunately, it's like all the kids are like what you said. They're like, oh, I saw him drinking the can. They must drink it. So we're going to go down to 7-Eleven and go grab a few and go skate. Like, but, yeah. like, it's at the cost of what? You know, sugar is really just an epidemic in our whole world right now that people are addicted to. And um, I'm kind of, as I've been studying the past couple of years, I started taking it more seriously. Uh, when I was younger, I used to drink that stuff because I thought everyone else did. But um, ended up being like, man, like, I don't know. I don't do that. I don't want to support that if that's not lining up with who I am or what I believe in. And so like, that's another thing that's kind of different in that culture as well as saying no to certain things that the whole culture is saying yes to. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's, it's just energy drinks. I, I, right. I, yeah. I'm not a energy drink. I, you know, I drink coffee Yeah. and I, I'll drink one or two, maybe rock stars <laughs> a week when I need that, like, Okay, I gotta push through right now. <laughs> I need something here. Uh-huh. Um, I know my wife gets on me. She's like, "Why are you drinking that stuff, honey?" <laughs> well, yeah, so you know it's bad for you. I'm like, "Lay off me, mom." <laughs> That's cool. I was always kind of curious about that. I was like, I just can't imagine that somebody's gonna get ready to like, they're gonna get jacked up on this like sugar. You know, yeah high right and i was like to me i was like you need all your nerves about you you need like focus yeah and not this false focus, exactly you, know, you, so. you need more like almost relaxed state than just yeah. like jacked up state for sure yeah because it's yeah. like you want to calm yourself down not like yeah yeah because i start when i start drinking those things i, I know it's kicked in because i'll be like i'll just start singing yeah i'll be like yeah <laughs> and i was like oh yeah it kicked in <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's, awesome. that's good. The um, so good. So how did you get connected with C three Church? So I got connected with C three right when I moved down from. Um, I lived at that action sports camp for a few years after as well, kind of in between tours and doing different stuff, uh, and then moved down to San Diego. I think it was twenty seventeen or twenty end of twenty sixteen, and um, I had a friend that came up there, uh, mountain biker, but also musician Joel Piper. Oh. And so he heard I was moving down here through a mutual friend, and he was like, hey, man, you got to come check out this church. And it was kind of cool because, like, at the time, I was almost, like, not really looking for a church or anything. Like, was kind of just doing my own thing and stuff, and then ended up going there and just really connected with a bunch of people. And uh, it's been amazing to be a part of and just see the community and how it flows. And as its vision says, fresh, real, and powerful, that's what it is, and that's what I feel like the church should be you know yeah. i mean like that's when we encounter with god it should be something real it should be something fresh and new and it should be powerful you know yeah. it's like the god of the universe like <laughs> let's see something amazing you know in our own strength we can only do so much but with him it's like the possibilities are endless yeah yeah that's cool joel i i've, I've actually i'm in and been kind of uh, going back and forth with joel trying to set up uh, yeah probably get him on the podcast oh awesome yeah yeah so that's oh that's cool i was wondering i was like how did beaver find this place yeah um <laughs> that's cool man because i know now the the church that you had so you you yeah. had been when you were growing up was that kind of similar or like completely different <laughs> well or? they told me uh that to not skate at the church whereas yeah. c3 we actually put a mega ramp up in the parking lot <laughs> for stadium night so um i'll let you answer that question no the church i grew up at i mean i guess it was it was southern baptist you know like tennessee like just it's by the book you know it's yeah. like you do like it's just what it is what it is but 
Um, that's what's cool about C3. It's like really come as you are, whatever you're passionate about, like flourish in that. But honestly, like where I grew up at church, it was like, I mean, they put a no skateboarding sign up. They yeah. didn't like me skateboarding. They didn't support me skateboarding. And now everyone at, here at C3 is like always wondering what I'm doing and how can I support, how can I pray for you? Like, and so it's cool to see that. That's how I really feel like it should be. It's like whatever your gifts and talents are, like encourage people in that and let them flourish in that. So it's cool yeah. to have that because um, I definitely didn't grow up around that. And to have that now is just, it's amazing. And it's really it's awesome and something that I really try and not take for granted. Even though I travel all the time, I'm blessed that it has a podcast that I can stay in tune with. And then when I'm here, try and get to everything I can get to over there. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. there's tons of stuff on the podcast too for that for yeah. C3 church. Um, yeah. So your work, it, it does, you do travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, are you currently in a relationship with anybody or seeing anybody? <laughs> uh, at the moment I'm single. Ah. Yeah. On the single program right now. Okay. Yeah. Are you coming out of any a relationship, or you kind of haven't been in one for a while? Haven't really been in one for a while. Yeah, it's just been. I mean, I travel probably. I think last year I traveled. Even though I was injured, I still probably traveled at least uh, probably seven months out of the year. Oh wow! And so like that's that's just kind of what the program is right now. And so if it ends up working out, but I haven't really. I, like I, I feel like it would have to be someone that can come alongside and be a companion and travel with you know because it'd mm. be I mean it's seven months away is a long time so it wouldn't be I don't think it would be the best to do that you know it works for some people but I think for myself like it would be better to figure out ways to have someone work alongside what I'm doing and be able to be committed to that travel program as well yeah, cause yeah. It, so have you been in a relationship where you're just like this isn't working because I travel so much or you just know in theory that's not what you want I just know in theory it's probably yeah like I it, there's like little things that like kind of take t- like not that it's like a bad thing but like if it if it wasn't gonna work out like been on dates here and there obviously but like I could just tell like all right we're not on the same page with where we need to go so yeah which can be like I mean kind of you know in this day and age I feel like people just want to date for the sake of having someone to talk to and date you know but for me it's like all right like I've still got goals and dreams and if you're not like on that program like sorry but I'm not gonna waste my time and I'm not gonna waste your time yeah you know you see relationships in such a confusion right now and I think that's partly why it's because people are just settling you know they're just like trying to well I guess I could see and adapt to that but then I mean shoot the divorce rate in America is higher than it's ever been and I think it's partly because of that as well people just don't have their I mean like I think there is that person for everyone that can come alongside and help them grow in that but on the other side of it it's like people are just trying to get like what they have because we're a society that just want want once we just want it now yeah and so it's like oh you're a dude I'm a girl let's hang out right now oh we kind of like each other we kind of do this let's just but it's like still settling at some point yeah yeah I don't know there's just kind of like I guess it's back to that rebellious mentality of never never wanting to settle so yeah you know <laughs> i think i think it's funny because you know some people that's 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 the goal that's yeah. the main goal yeah is, true um is being in a relationship or, yeah or finding the one yeah which i don't really believe exists <laughs> um, my wife might get mad at me for saying that but <laughs> oh you found the one there you go i found yes found the one um <laughs> No, I love my wife. We've been together for 11 years now. Oh, come on. And yeah. I can't imagine my life with anybody else. That's amazing. She, uh, she, she completes me. <laughs> no. So how long do you foresee 
skate, you know what I mean? Like throwing yourself out there <laughs> doing the, that's going to end. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What would, what's the next, do you have an I even an inkling at that point, what you would do or, um, as of right now, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I've always looked up to guys that have had longevity in the sport, not just guys that were good for a small season of time, you know, cause there's hundreds of those in any sport, you know, there's yeah. guys that came in for two years and crushed it and then they're done. But then it's like, you look at Tony Hawk, he's in his fifties now or just turned 50 like a year ago and put out a video 50 tricks at 50. So he's still pushing it and still doing stuff. Wow. Bucky Lassick, who was always my favorite growing up, he's in his mid to late 40s now, and I think he just got top three in this massive pool contest last weekend. And so it's like seeing that just kind of inspires me to be like, man, well, they're still doing it. Like skateboarding such a young sport, you don't know how long you can do it for yet. Like yeah. Tony Hawk, obviously, and he's still going hard and going strong and even inventing new tricks at his age of up in the 50s. Like, hmm. it's unreal. So Look what I do with this king. Yeah, it's, it's almost that <laughs> I point. I the king. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. We love you, Tony. Tony, don't, don't hate. Participate. <laughs> that's it. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of inspiring to see just like, and I, that's where I think I got so intrigued of like, all right, well, what are their secrets that they're doing to be able to stay like that? Or just any athletes in general. And like one of the guys I look up to a lot is Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer. And he's like in his mid to late fifties and just, he says he's healthier than he's ever been and feels no pain. Even though the dude's had a hip replacement, he's had like just ridiculous surgeries and or, or like injuries and things like that, but doesn't feel day to day pain. He, he considers that to his nutrition and lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that's the key. It's not like a diet, it's a lifestyle. You know, you just make those choices to live that healthy lifestyle. But to get back on track with that, you know, I'm, I've been starting to do other things. Like I go and um, speak and do different speaking engagements and things like that. And that's been really awesome and um, kind of had a new hunger for that. It was a gift I didn't necessarily realize I have, but people mm-hmm. spoke into me and started to see the fruit of that. And it's really inspired me to kind of look to like, okay, well, while I'm skating down in Australia, I'm going to go speak to these youth groups and different ministries or stuff like that. So that's been really just amazing and just kind of giving me an idea of, okay, let's kind of start that. And then looking at developing just more of a social presence and just, um, in terms of like my YouTube page, I want, I have like goals and aspirations to clean that up a little bit and just really make more content, but just really with the intention of helping people do what I did, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just a kid from Tennessee that had a dream and now I'm living in Southern, literally living my dream. You know, I'm living in Southern California where I always dreamed of as a kid. I'm skating with the pros I was watching like religiously at night on the video game, you know, like literally skating Tony Hawk's private facility. Um, with like all the guys on the game and it's just like if I could have told myself then what I what I'm doing now I would have thought I was crazy and would have never believed it and so I almost have to pinch myself sometimes but that's what I truly believe that each and every person has the opportunity to make their life into that you know we all have these dreams we all have these aspirations but somewhere along the way it's kind of back to that settlement thing we start to settle we start to believe that uh, it's a little too far out there but I think if you can really dig into it and really work hard and just stay staying focused and driven toward it you'll be able to make anything happen yeah dude i love it you inspire me. <laughs> there you know, we go yeah i, I can do you I can, can do, do it <laughs> quick like quick side story um so my wife is mm-hmm. a, she's a surfer oh awesome and a snowboarder and so i married yeah. a, i married a cali girl <laughs> and uh because i didn't i i didn't know i was going to be staying here in california this long oh wow i kind of moved out here but i thought it was going to be like a 
Just no, a no, short just time. Yeah. Maybe a short time because I was I was traveling the world. I was you know I lived after I left Michigan. I went to Florida and mm-hmm. then Colorado, then North Carolina, and back to Michigan. And oh then wow! Back here, but in the midst of that, I, I was you know traveling all over the world from mm-hmm. like Korea, India to Germany, Poland, wow. you know South America with Ecuador and Peru and. Huh. In all these places, and so when I got out here, and then I met this surfer girl, um, <laughs> there was a little trepidation because I was like, "What if, like, the next thing, it doesn't have an ocean next to it? The next place for me?" Uh-huh. And so I was kind of, it was kind of like a hesitancy wow. in dating her because I was like, what? "I don't want to take her away from the ocean," and then it like kills her, and then yeah. she hates me for it. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, it, it was actually a season of, cause I was about 28. It was a season that I felt it, God was actually, it was like, right, you've, you've been going long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you actually need a season of planting mm-hmm. because if you don't plant yourself, you're not going to grow. Yeah. And, um, you'll just only grow to the size of the, the little potted plant that you keep jumping around in. And oh. so pl- coming here getting planted at c3 and just begin to watch my life grow and then the relationship with my wife and um but the quick side story is we uh had did a baby moon in hawaii <laughs> and we're we're traveling around Kauai, mm-hmm. and we go to this restaurant and uh and i look and i look i'm like baby that's layered oh like no Hamilton. way <laughs> and uh, and she's she starts oh, like yeah. fanboying. <laughs> she's, like, oh. she's like, will you, will you go? And so I go up to him like, hey, my wife is like a huge fan. You know, could you take a picture with her? Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, sure. And so she, she's got this picture and her with Laird and you know. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. You know. Yeah. We saw somebody else on that trip too. Skunk boy. You know, you know skunk boys? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Talk Soup, John Henson, uh-huh. was, uh, I think he's, he's the host of Wipeout, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, we saw him at the airport. Um, that was kind of fun trip. That's yeah. awesome. But, yeah, Laird Hamilton, we soon as you said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> That's amazing. That's My cool. wife's going to hear this on the podcast, and she's going to be like, oh. <laughs> We need to schedule a hangout. There you go. <laughs> I know. She's... She's, you know, it's funny because when you have, when you have children, mm-hmm. <laughs> life changes. Yeah. And, uh, and you, there has to be an intentionality to, to, um, to not let it become all about the children mm-hmm. because it can become very easy. Yeah. That you're, everything you're sacrificing, you know. I was listening to something today and they were talking about it's like yeah the kids get the new clothes the kids get the new adventures the kids get the new Mm -hmm. sports activity that they're doing the kids the kids the kids and it's like you start to um not hate your life but you lose yourself and and when you lose yourself there's a part of you that's always longing for a, a something else right and and what happens is for a lot of people it it can actually turn into like a bad yeah vice or situation Mm -hmm. or um 
infidelity or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're actually, you know what I mean, to, to have a, a conscious effort of not losing yourself mm-hmm. and to making, you know, your relationship with your wife number one and, well, number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy upstairs, he's number one. Yeah. But, um, and, and then your kids, because yeah. if you don't, like you will experience burnout and you will experience just like this, um, this, this thing that, you know, you don't, you don't want to stay in for too long. Right. Because the longer you stay in it, the harder it is to get out. Yeah. You know? So even part of this, wow. this podcast is kind of me saying, all right, I need to get out. Yeah. I've been too, wow. too long yeah. in this place. Yeah. Um, that I, I need to have a, a goal and a vision right. for myself again. And something you're passionate about. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More than just, uh, you know, mm. oh, there's a new episode of The Walking Dead. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that sweet. I mean, it's like literally just complacency is taking over, I feel like, all over this country and just the Western world. I mean, and then the Little League parents, like you're saying, like they're building their kids up to do what they dreamed of but then it doesn't work out and then they feel like double and then like it's just like a poisonous soup of all kinds of emotions and stuff and unfortunately yeah that's probably a huge reason why the separation level is what it's at and it's just it's kind of scary but like I think you're seeing that like people are like all right well we're kind of going not in a good way right now let's kind of recalibrate things and kind of see how things were before and like all right we need to you know, fill our tanks and we can help fill others. And I think that's yeah. the thing too with like, um, obviously I'm not a parent or anything, but I think if you're able to continue and press on just what I've seen in my life personally, but I think it can translate to that is like, if you're flourishing in what you're doing, others will see that and be inspired by that. So even your kids, like if you're doing something you're passionate about and enjoying, they're going to see that and they're going to be like, I mean, like once they get to that age, obviously like, man, all right, well, what can I do to kind of attain that as well? You know, and so I think it's something that just kind of snowball effects out there. Like at the end of the day, like even in like, because I've done, I speak to like youth and schools and things like that, and it's like bullying's obviously such a problem. But it's like we're kind of attacking it the wrong way. We're trying to say stop bullying, but rather I think we go in there and we're like, all right, well, I'm a guy that's living my dream. It's been amazing. And like, I was right where you guys were. And now I'm doing that. It's like, if you see those kids really like passionate about what they're doing and focused on those goals and their dreams, bullying's going to stop because they're not going to have time to bully someone or put someone else down because they're yeah. too busy enjoying what they're doing right now. But it's because they're hurting somewhere and they think by putting others down, they can build themselves up, but it actually tears them down even more. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's one of those things I think we're not looking at the real root of it and, att- and like getting the specific game plan of like at the end of the day if more people are passionate and enjoying the beautiful gift that life is it's just going to snowball all around yeah how do you now you're clearly an exception to the rule <laughs> you know what I mean like your yeah. parents yeah they you weren't the soccer kid well, yeah you were for a little yeah. while but you they allowed you to pursue mm-hmm. skating mm-hmm. and they allowed you to do it as much and yeah. as frequently and they supported you but like you were saying there are times where it's like you have a kid what if he really loves soccer mm-hmm. but he's just not that good you know what I mean yeah and how do you 
it's kind of like the American Idol. Yeah. Right. Right. You see these people that man, they like. I'm gonna be yeah. famous and I'm gonna <laughs> sing. Yeah. And then they get up there in front of you know yeah. Lionel Richie and Katy Perry, and and they're like, oh, well, hold up, who told you yeah. you were? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um. So it, it and that's kind of one of those things where it's like you you. You want to tell people to go after your dreams, but at some point there actually needs to be like a, a realization of right. what, of what well, is I capable th- in I, your sphere. I think if they're honor with, honest with themselves, mm-hmm. they'll know. Like there, there's going to be that breaking point of you're like, okay, maybe it's just this isn't what it is. Yeah. Even though you could love something so much and you could still be a part of it in a different way, I think. And I think that's the way it needs to be looked at. Um but then there's the other side of it that's like, okay, well, let's find something else or find something like, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's just making sure that you have what you're doing you are passionate about because life's too short not to, you yeah. know, it really is. And it's a one lap race and it's like, you may as well go for it. Even if you fail, you'll fail forward and you'll find something else and you'll learn through that. That's what I think a lot of people are afraid of because, I mean, what's the American dream? You know, it's going to school, going to college, getting a job you're kind of interested in but not really all about. And then it's like you look around and you're like settling for retirement when you get older and then it's like, all right, now what? And you see so many people. Yeah, That was the American dream. Was, yeah. Now it's like, yeah, I want to be a YouTube star. Yeah. I want to be an influencer. <laughs> right. I want people to see my Instagram and, yeah. and fawn with the, yeah. you know, by the thousands. But that's going to pop as well. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's yeah. got to. I mean, it's all too fake. Yeah. You know, there's not enough people being real on there. Yeah, there's influencers and yeah, they're showing their life, but their life's not real. Yeah. There's no substance to that. It's all a facade of their things and experiences, but there's no real realness to it. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, it's got, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go or what's going to happen, but I think, I think it's well, at some point, I mean, yeah, at some point there's something has to shift because I think what, what, because social media is so new in Mm. this wave of, of, of what it is, there haven't been studies, there haven't been, it's just like everybody's just flooded in yeah, and, and now we're just seeing depression. Yeah. at astronomical levels mm-hmm. and and like even people that maybe weren't prone to depression all right. of a sudden like you're like why am i depressed and it's because this comparison yeah you know everybody's highlight reel yeah but they're looking at it all day and then they look at their life and they're like i don't have a body like that <laughs> i wish i had a home like that yeah oh man they're going on another trip again like yeah my life sucks right and and so they it is this comparison to this false fake world is right. actually causing depression in us yeah and so i think there there's gonna be a, a like you're saying like the the bubble's gonna burst where it's like people are gonna are gonna say you know what like i yeah. was happy yeah <laughs> now i'm not yeah maybe i'll stop this but it, it's it's an addiction oh absolutely yeah it's like yeah it's it's ugh. yeah it's, it's if you're phone ding you can't think of anything else till you check it yeah it's crazy i mean technology it's got the opportunity to make us closer than ever but at the same time i think we're as a culture more disconnected than ever you know the relationships are just just a social media relationship 
it's not that deep connection and like yeah i feel like they can't talk to anyone like you said they get stuck in that because they're sitting there on their screen looking at everyone but they're not talking to anyone about how they're feeling like that even though you can be like man i'm not where i want to be like compared to these people and they're like well if you have that conversation with someone you can figure out why and you can figure out maybe okay well you don't want to necessarily be that person and you can get the clarity one on that but then you can get the clarity all right where do i want to go but i think that's accountability and that's huge and something we've lost sight of in our in our spoiled culture yeah no because that and i know for you you've mm-hmm. got a, probably a, you've got a lot of followers mm-hmm. on instagram and stuff like that how yeah. is that for you and i'm sure you don't have notifications on your no, phone no 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 yeah <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. Like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but do you? Is that a thing for you? Where it's like, how many likes did this picture get? How many? I don't really necessarily think about that. I mean, there was definitely times that I did kind of care or think about that. But now I'm like, I don't really. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's a, a little number on a screen. Like, yeah. What? Where's the substance there? Like, there's not like it's nothing. Like, the thing that I look for more than anything is if I can post one thing and it impacts somebody in a way that like really does something for them. That's what I look for. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've tried to be more intentional with my posts. So like, I'll almost post more of like the encouragement or inspirational stuff than even skating stuff now, because that's what I want for people. Because people are looking for that. You know, they're looking for that one word and like. I've got, I get so many more, almost much more engagement on that because people are like, man, I needed this today. Like that really spoke to me. And it's like, that's way better than posting this crazy cool skate trick that some kid's going to look at and be like, well, I'm never going to do that. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, I'm definitely proud of my skating and my accomplishments on that, but I don't want to boast about that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just like throw all these things up there and hope it gets me more followers and more sponsors and more things like that. It's like... At the end of the day, it's going to run dry, and yeah. it's never going to satisfy. Yeah. But if you can know that you're helping in a real positive way and making an impact and helping someone, and I think we all have that opportunity. We all run into people each and every day or have people in our tribes or you know, in our friendships and relationships that are going through something. We all have that opportunity to speak and encourage them and help pull them up yeah rather than bring them down and so i think social media is a great opportunity for that and i want to use it for the good not for the depression side (laughs) the things that are really you know just so prevalent nowadays well i don't think anybody wants the depression no definitely it's not the intention they they don't even realize they don't wreck it's just kind of ignorance is bliss but it's really not like it's just that's what's happening and i think people are becoming more and more aware of it that it is just the highlight reel nowadays Yeah. yeah yeah Well, cool. The um, I, I told you earlier, there's like three questions I like to ask yeah. people. Um, you know, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? All right. What am I watching? Um, I really don't watch too much. I don't watch any TV. Really? Really, yeah. Um, only time I watch movies really is on the plane. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, What's the last movie you saw? Last movie I saw was Bohemian Rhapsody on the last flight from Australia here. Um, that was good. That yeah. was cool. It was like, I like things like that, that are kind of true stories about people pushing it and achieving dreams and things like that. It was sad at kind of the way it took his life in, in his own hands and kind of wrecked it. But yeah, other than that, it was like a cool story of just like kind of building a life that he'd always imagined and dreamed of and took his, what looked like weaknesses, but they were actually gifts and helped him succeed. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, that was the last movie I watched. Um, what do I listen to? Um, music wise, mainly just listen to worship. Really? Worship music, yeah. So um, you're, as you're going down the ramp, that's you need like. <laughs> oh, on the way to the skate park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All day, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen to that, and then have like other fun just songs to skate to. Like I try, I, lo- I love like eighties rock. So I'll just have, okay. Like, I was gonna say, what's, what's your? Like I need to get geeked right now. So like just ja- oh, dude, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger Survivor? for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, man. Rocky, Rocky got me through that injury. I'm not even kidding. I watched like those movies. <laughs> so much yeah because i was like i mean like yeah i did my acl last year and that was like the gnarliest injury of my career for sure and there's like a period there where like i wasn't allowed on my board for six months and yeah there was like two weeks where i couldn't even walk and like those thoughts are going through your head yeah like will i ever be able to skate again will i ever be able to bounce back and it was like honestly like i just yeah i remember when i was younger like i've even got the the rocky poster in my room it's like I just love that mentality of never give up and get, keep moving forward, you know, and like Only that helped me get I through wear that. Is the American flag? Yeah, <laughs> come on. Um, so, um, Rocky, something I'm watching, but yeah, back to music. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, that's kind of what I try and fill my time with as well. What are some podcasts you listen to? Uh, listen to Lewis Howes, if you've heard of him. I haven't. Just what, what interviews kind of a lot of just guy like Laird Hamilton he's interviewed um and then just business guy like all realms of influence and things like that which is really cool just goes deep onto other stuff um just recently listened to um Ed Millett yeah yeah his podcast um it's funny the one he actually did with Sean White because I've been skating with Sean a lot recently um we're kind of working on some stuff together now that skating's in the Olympics we've been training for that so yeah um it's been a crazy opportunity getting to know Sean and work with him um, and skate with him and just learn a little bit about who he is. And so listen to that podcast was cool to get the other side of some stories on him. Um, and then what was a lot, what am I reading? Uh, so right now I'm on a, on a plan for Bible in a year. So I'm reading the Bible every day and got that, um, haven't missed a day and we're already in May. So I'm super hyped on that. Devotion is definitely key. Um, and then I'm reading a book right now by a pastor in Australia, evangelist, uh, Tim Hall, called Giant Killers. Hmm. So Yeah, Tim Hall. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like so. Tim. There you go. Yeah. Slay, kill some giants. I'm going to slay some giants, man. I like it. I'm excited for it. So, yeah, that's what... Try and fill myself up with, like, things that are just going to continue to build and help me grow. You know, yeah. I think it's easy to get distracted in this world, and but there's also opportunity to like use resources to grow rather than just like binge watch a movie for the sake of turning off the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, is there anything you want to promo? Um, anything I want to promo? Uh, I guess just if you guys are encouraged by this podcast, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Beaver Fleming and then YouTube channels, just Beaver Fleming as well. I'm posting constantly on there, probably Instagram the most and, uh, getting ready for some exciting trips and travel set up. So just got the new spot here in uh, Carlsbad and I'm psyched on that. It's kind of like a home base for me since I was traveling for the past few months. So stoked to be here back in the good soil. And uh, yeah, we're going to X Games. Like I said, Nitro Circus Tour starts. uh, It started last weekend, but we're going to uh, Lake Elsinore um, on the 17th. So we're doing a U.S. kind of regional tour. So no matter where you're at in the state, if you're in the states, come check us out. And then we're doing like a, I think a world tour here in the fall again. So, 
Go to cool. nitrocircus.com for all the info on that. We'll be out there. Awesome. We'll check yeah. it out. Well, Beaver, the pleasure has been all mine. Thank you, sir. That's not what I usually say, but I changed it for you. I usually say the, ple- uh, the pleasure has been all yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. I like it. But uh, thanks for joining me today, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens in this next season of your life and Come on, thank everything you. that entails. So yeah. All right, man. We'll have a good one. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Part of the Noise podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Part of the Noise Podcast. If you love the show, be sure to rate and review us. It helps us get noticed by others. I'm Scotty Hughes, and we'll see you next time. Where does a beaver go to cash his paycheck? The river bank.